the Commander's Declassified Podcast. If you have made it this far, subscribe. Spit knowledge tonight. Giving out a good Twitter handle. The Commander's Declassified Podcast. We've got a we've got a big show. Just want to see a good game played by our guys. You know, the win and uh, Commanders will win two hundred and sixty-four to nothing. The Commanders Declassified Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Commanders Declassified Podcast, your home for all things Washington Commanders. Eric, how you doing, man? I am excited about tonight. How are you guys doing? Tremendous. Brian, how's it going? It's going real good. We got a real one tonight, man. Oh, don't you know it. We're going to talk running backs tonight. Y'all know it's my favorite position. I'm going to go ahead and bring our guy Jay Will in here. You know him from the Washington Commanders. Jay Will, what's up, man? How y'all doing? Man, everything Great. is lovely. Everything. Are you are you uh, still local? Or did you go back home? Yeah, I'm back home. Back home in Dallas. Right on, man. I know right that's on. I know that's a, a a bad spot to say on here. <laughs> the fans that we have, but hey, man, you're more qualified Dallas to be a Navy. Cowboys fan than most of the Cowboys fans around here. You've actually been to Dallas. <laughs> say it again. You you're more qualified to be a Cowboys fan than most of them around here because you've actually <laughs> been to Dallas. And I'm I'm not a Cowboys fan though. Even though I'm from Dallas, I'm more of a a fan that I like certain players. I grew up liking certain players and rooting for certain guys that, you know, I connected with or that I like their game. So I've never had a favorite that? team per se, but, uh, yeah. but yeah. Who were your players? Uh, growing up, I liked Marshall Falk. I liked uh, Arian Foster. Um, I liked uh, Priest Holmes. Yeah, I like Priest Holmes a lot when he was with the Chiefs. Um, yep. I like Brian Westbrook. A lot. I mean, you know, running backs mainly, but uh, I just like watching different guys and seeing um, the differences in their games and how they, you know, help their teams win. And, you know, just different different aspects of their games. You know, I try to pick, you know, take from certain guys and try to add it to my game. So, yeah, you're a, you're a, Reggie, you're a Bush, Reggie Bush definitely had to be one of my all time favorites for sure. Definitely uh, USC Reggie Bush. One of the greatest college players ever to do it, hey, Reggie. Blood no doubt. Yeah. Hey, so uh, season's over, obviously. Have you had a chance to look back at the season and kind of think about, you know, how it went for you and, you know, how you finished off? How would you feel about the season? Uh, I felt good about it. You know, the locker room is a great locker room, a tight-knit locker room, one of the best that I've been in. Uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I've been in a lot of locker rooms, so I'm blessed, even though it's been a long road. But uh, – it was definitely one of the best locker rooms I've been in, for sure. You know, all the guys love each other, no matter if you're an offensive lineman or a D lineman or a defensive back and a tight end. You know, everybody gelled well with each other. So we had a great time playing with each other. And we have a great locker room. We've got the great guys on the football team. I mean, y'all know. we got great receivers, uh, great running backs, great DBs. Defense played lights out this year. So uh, we got a lot of talent in that locker room. Yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to it what the future holds and the things that this team can do. There's certain things that I think the team has expressed. They want to get shored up quarterback position, you know, various other positions on the team. But, you know, speaking of that locker room, I think from a fan perspective, when we're watching games like, Hey, give Jay will more carries or give AG more carries or give B Rob more carries. Yeah. Do you guys see it that way as a running back room or was it kind of one for all in there? Uh, one for all is meaning, like everybody, it doesn't matter who gets the ball as long as the running game's working. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that running back room is 
as close as it can be. And I'm not just saying that just to say that, you know, everybody's going to say that and everybody's going to be try to be politically correct, but we really are close in that locker and in, in that running back room. You know, you know, uh, those are some of my best friends, honestly. I mean, me and AG, we hang out outside of there. We go to the gun range and shooting range, me and B-Rob, we talk all the time. I go to his house and, you know, definitely whenever he went through his situation, I was over there a lot, you know, trying to just be there for him and help him be somebody that, you know, could be there for him because sometimes you, what he did a great job of, sometimes when you go through stuff like that and you're not, it's not mandatory for you to be in the, in the locker room, you know, you kind of, you're alone. You kind of start bearing off a little bit and, you know, you kind of start losing sight of the goal. So I just wanted to be there for him to be able to remind him, you know, this, this setback is really going to be a testament to how great you really are, you know? So uh, just being able to hang out with him, JD is one of the funniest people, you'll ever meet. J.D. McKissick is a guy that walks in any room and he lights up the whole room, you know. So everybody in that running back room, there was no selfishness in that running back room. Nobody cared about who was going to get the carry or, oh, I'm not getting carries. Now, we were definitely competitive too, you know, and that's why we were able to make it to that level because everybody in that room thinks that they can be the guy that can go score 70 yards or, you know, everybody wants the ball but nobody's upset about anybody else getting the ball, you know? So I think that's what makes our room so special. That's why I think that, you know, we were able to be successful because we push each other. You know, if somebody's messing up or if, if, if anybody sees something that someone else can do better, they'll tell it to that person, but that person takes it with, you know, the utmost respect, you know, nobody's like, Oh, he's trying to tell me what to do or he's hating on me. And all, you know, everybody knows that everybody, Anybody that says something to someone else is, is coming from love. You know, JP is another guy that he supported everybody in the room the entire year, even though he was on practice squad. And he's somebody that he the way that he works, he, he definitely wants to be on the football field. You know, he didn't have the opportunity until the last game, but he supported everybody the entire year. So um, that's the running back room that the reason why we were so good was because we love each other and we care for each other and we support each other. So, um, you know. Obviously, as a running back, we want to run the ball 40 times a game, which is unrealistic, but uh, nobody really cares who gets the ball in that running back room. Everybody supports each other. That's yeah, awesome. He wants to run the ball 40 times a game, too, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's do it. <laughs> hey, Jay Will, one of the things that uh, has always uh, impressed me uh, about or impressed me about you is that um, whether you get a carry, uh, you know, to start the game, which you 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 got a uh, you got a carry to start the game, or whether you get a carry in the third quarter, you're always focused. You're always ready to go. Like, can you talk about like how you're able to stay ready? Because sometimes, you know, that's a lot of focus. You may be on the sideline for you know a couple of series, and then boom, now you're in for like six, seven plays. Um, and how do you keep yourself ready? Because every time you came in, it was like bam, five yards, ten yards. Like, how how were you able to do that? I mean, it starts in the off season. You know, every off season, uh, my regimen is is if I'm gonna be the starter and I'm gonna play every down um, of the season. And even if that's not the reality, that's the way that I train because that's what I believe that I can do. You know, and like I said, we're in that running back room. We all love each other and we all want each other to succeed. So whether that's my reality or not, I'm not upset about you know if I'm if that isn't the reality. But I know that for me, I wouldn't feel comfortable if I didn't prepare that way. You know, and whenever you prepare that way, it gives you the confidence that where whenever someone calls your number, you're like, oh, well, it's time to go show what I've been doing since April, you know, or since March, you know. So um, 
it's really the preparation before the game, you know, and the mindset that you go into in the game, you know, it's whatever my number is being called, I want to help this team win the game. And so mentally, you just have to be dialed in. And uh, I went into every game mentally dialed in, whether it was going to be special teams, whether it was going to be a third down and I had to block and pass pro, whether I had to run a route, whether it was third and one or fourth and one, and I had to get one yard, you know. I, I knew the situation that I was in um, or, you know, the situation we were in, in during the game. And I, I did the best that I could do to, to help the team win the game. So, um, like I said, it's just go, it's a testament to the training, you know. It's the right. stuff that you do before you get out on the football field that prepares you to be able to, to play that way in the football during the football field or when you're on the football field. That's awesome. What uh, so after after a long season, like, do you guys do you take time off to like rest, let your body heal back up before you start training again, or are you, are you just you know full go like, hey, I'm gonna get right back to it? Uh, a little bit of in between. Um, I was a rookie in 2016, and some of the guys that was around there then uh, was, was telling me to you know go ahead and take time off. You know, don't don't really start working out until uh, definitely after the Super Bowl or you know wait till March and then you start training. And I did that the first year. And even being a young 22-year-old, 23-year-old, just getting out of shape and then trying to get back in shape is a long road, you know. And I think that's what separates the guys who, no matter where you get drafted, if it's a first-round draft pick or a six-round draft pick like Tom Brady, it's about the guys who are disciplined enough to continue to work and get better, you know, throughout the offseason. Because those offseasons are very important. Because it's different than high school and college, you know, right? So when you're in, in college, the season's over, and it's mandatory for you to go work out. Right. You know, you got early morning workouts that the strength coaches make you go to and, you know, all this stuff that's mandatory for you to do. Whenever you're a professional, it, it, during this time, I don't have to do anything unless I want to go do something, you know, unless I tell myself to go do it. So, you know, that's how you have a long career. It's the guys that can hold themselves accountable and create their own regiment to where, you know, in their minds are like, okay, this is what I need to do to be able to be successful for next year and continue to play longer and have longevity. So for me, I really don't take time off. I don't go real hard from the beginning, but I don't want to sit around and do nothing, you know, because you got to still move. You got to still go stretch. You got to go do a little cardio. You got to sweat. You got to move around so that your body is still ready to work. You're priming your body really to start, the hard stuff to start the training, but you don't want to just go out and go at, go home and sit around and watch TV and eat ice cream and get fat and then say, oh, okay, I'm about to go get in shape. That's going to be a long, long road. So you, you sound like you just described my workout, the, the eating the ice cream. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's yeah, exactly what I want to do. Do some curls. <laughs> like with beer. Yeah, that's the curls. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually had a question uh, kind of around the training aspect of it. A lot of fans, um, not our fans because they're very sophisticated, our, our, our listeners, but a lot of people I think still have the kind of the mindset of like when they played high school football where you practice two hours a day and then you go play on you know Sunday. Can you give us an idea of like what a regular day for you during the regular season would look like, just a standard practice day like a Wednesday or Thursday? What What did that entail for you as far as like, you know, how the day went? You don't have to go into great detail, but, you know, how many hours you put in that kind of stuff? Uh, so, so Wednesday is our biggest day. Wednesday, Thursdays, those are our biggest days. Uh, for us in our running back room, um, um, our coach, we he had us come in 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. 
uh, which is a little earlier than we're supposed to be in. The average, the normal time is you come in at eight. We have a team meeting at eight, but we would come in as a running back room and come in at seven. We would watch film, and you know, coach had a couple. Coach Jordan had a couple different, um, you know, cut ups and stuff that he wanted to go over. That he wanted to make sure that we got in before, um, you know, we the the actual time started. You know, because he's just such a, you know, and sometimes you're tired. You're like, oh, why we got to come in that early? You know, but it pays off, you know, it might be a certain blitz that we need to, to, to look at, or, you know, a certain, um, you know, just different, different things depending on the week that we would come in. So Wednesday, Thursday, we would come in early and we would do that. We would have a team meeting at eight. That was about 10 or 15 minutes, pretty much just coach Rivera addressing the team. Um, you go into special teams. And so you have meetings up until, uh, probably about 10 o'clock. And then, um, we get out there, uh, for practice, or we're probably around 10, 15, 10, 30. We get out there for practice around 11, practice for about – Wednesday is the longest practice of the week, uh, about a two-hour practice. We get done with that, and, you know, you go get in your tubs and you start doing the recovery to, to be able to prepare for not only Wednesday but, but or not only Thursday but for Sunday as well. Uh, get some lunch, and then we meet again. And so then you go watch what you did at practice, and so then you make the, the adjustments for, you know, if if – you know, different small things that you need to adjust for Sunday. Um, and so we're, we're out of the locker room probably about, or we're out of the building probably around uh, 4.30 or 5 o'clock. So it's about an 8 to 5.30 uh, win, uh, window for Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday is a shorter day. So Friday is the same from the beginning, but then after practice, we're done. So we don't meet after practice on Friday. And that's just to give guys opportunity to go get massages and, you know, do whatever you need to do to try to get ready for Friday or for Sunday. I'm sorry. Uh, Saturday is just a walkthrough. So uh, it's more of a mental day, days where you get you, you get dialed in, um, substitutions for special teams and stuff like that. It's a walkthrough. You, know, you kind of go through the first 15 plays that we're going to run, you know, throughout the, that game on Sunday. And then uh, later we go to the hotel, watch – a little bit of film, just some, some small detail stuff that we want to cover before the Sunday game. And then Sunday, it's time to go ball out. It's time to go get that W. So after the, the game is over with, how long does it take for the adrenaline to wear off before your body starts feeling what you just went through in a game when you got, you know, 10 to 15 carries? How soon yeah. does that happen? Man, I'm up all night. I'm not going to lie because I'm 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 a weird I, – I love football too. I, I need to say that. Start off with that preface that I'm a Texas guy that, you know, I grew up. Loving football. Um, so I can't go to sleep until I watch the whole game. I don't like to go, you know, even throughout the week, I don't like to go into a meeting without knowing what I did or what what happened, you know, or what knowing what the coach is gonna say to me because I already know the game, you know. So I wanna I wanna watch the film and say, Oh, okay, they're gonna tell me this, or okay, that was a good play. I did that because you know, so for me. After the game, my adrenaline is already up. You know, we just played a, a game, and it's a competitive sport. And then I, I got to watch the film, and then I got to watch it again. I just, you know, so, I mean, for me, I'm going to be up all night. I might go to sleep 2 or 3 in the morning. Um, the next day is a lighter day, obviously. You know, we go in there and work out, and we go watch the film. So it's not a real taxing day. Um, but for me, I'm up all night after the game. I want you to settle something for us. We've been arguing about this for a while. Who decides the running back rotation? 
Is it just, you know, like, so when you get in versus when AG gets in versus B-Rob, is that the offensive coordinator? Is that the running backs coach? Who who makes that decision? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think it's a it's a combination of throughout the week, we have certain plays that or certain personnels that they want certain guys in okay. um, because of the look and because of the down and distance. And then during the game, it's the running back coach. You know, it's Coach Jordan's job to feel, you know, if a guy's tired or if he thinks that, that you know, what he's seen throughout practice, oh, I like how he runs this play. Uh, he might throw a guy in. So uh, it just depends on the down and distance. It depends on a lot of things, you know. So it, you can't really go into a game and say, okay, I want Brian to get 18 carries and I want AG to get 12 carries and I, or, you know, 18, whatever. You can't go in there and say that you want a certain guy to get certain carries because you don't know how the game is going to play out. So it might be certain situations that keep coming up. And that's why one guy is still in because that's his role. That's his situation that's up, you know. So I think that's the toughest thing whenever, you know, you have guys that are competitive in our room and then you you want everybody to get carries. You want everybody to be on the field, but you don't know how the game is going to play out. And certain situations call for certain skill sets that, you know, somebody might, you know, AG might get 28 carries and B-Rod might get 11 carries or, you know, you never know just because of the situation that the game is in. So it all depends on on how the game is playing or, you know, how it's, it's, it's being played out and how it's going. So that's a tough, that's a tough, um, you know, tough situation. Yeah, so speaking of – I don't know if uh, that makes Coach, sense. So it sense. No. No, no, it does. It does. Perfect. Absolutely. So you brought up Coach Jordan. I'm, I'm curious about him. He's managed to stick around through several different regimes here in D.C. Is there anything about him that's different from other running back coaches, or what What do you think his secret to longevity is just at this one job? Because every coach he works with seems to want to keep him around. I mean, he has God on his side. You know, he's a, he's a Christian man. He definitely is somebody that when you talk to him, you love him. You love him. You know, you you feel the vibe from him. You feel the energy from him. He comes to work every day. Like I said, he has us in there an hour early than we're supposed to be, you know. So he's going to make sure that his guys are prepared. And I think everybody sees that, you know, no matter what coach it is that he's coaching for. I think that they see that he's the guy that's going to have his guys prepared. They're going to know what to do. They're going to know the blitzes. They're going to know the down and distance and the situation. Um, and then he gets the best out of his guys because of the type of personality that he has. So. I think he's just a guy that has God on his side and everybody sees it. What about the, um, uh, you know, Coach uh, Jordan's uh, assistant running back coach, uh, Coach King? Uh, yeah. Is there anything uh, you can tell us about her? Because, uh, you know, from everything that we hear, she's been doing an awesome job. Uh, what uh, what can you tell us about her? Man, great. She really is great. I mean, I know people might think that it's a publicity thing or, you know, I don't know what people think, but, you know, it's just – I know she's a woman coaching a, a man's sport in a man's league, but she definitely knows the ins and outs of the game. She knows uh, – she helps us out a lot, definitely in the past game. You know, she was once a quarterback in, in the league that she played in, so she understands routes. She understands, um, you know, mismatches and, and depth of routes and how you, what, you know, what to look for and what to aim for and the details of the routes. Um, and she knows football, you know, and she's not somebody that's going to – come up to you and try to cuss you out and say, oh, you got to do this, do that. You know, it's more of a, a knowledge thing. You know, she can tell you, oh, okay, maybe you need to look at me, you know, you, this is what you did, this, you know. So she knows how to coach, you know, and she knows the game. And so she's definitely a, um, an asset in that running back room for sure. You know, she's definitely somebody that helps that running back room 
continue to grow and continue to get better. So uh, I definitely appreciate it. That's awesome. And she, she's going to have her own running back room soon, no That's doubt. Right. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. And, um, and she's also somebody that, I mean, as a man, you know, you still respect in that in that arena. You know, I know it's a, a man's game and it's, you know, it's a man's, we're in a locker room full of men and, you know, all that. But it's she's she's really someone that when we go out on the football field, it's not like, oh, this is a woman telling me what to do or this is, you know, a girl telling me what, you know, it's not like that. It's, she knows football and you respect what she says because it's coming from a, a, a place of knowledge, you know, so. Uh, we all respect her in that running back room. In the in the whole building, everybody respects her. So uh, she's definitely doing a great job. No, that's good to hear because you can't get that kind of respect unless you really know what you're talking about. No doubt. No doubt. That's awesome to hear. So one of the things that we talked about a lot was the various levels of involvement of the running backs in the passing game throughout the season. It fluctuated a lot. Some games your running backs would get a lot of targets. Some games they wouldn't. Is that just primarily, like you said earlier, based on, number one, what the defense is is giving you in terms of opportunity to execute that, but also planning going into the week that your coordinators and your coaches said saw something on film that says, hey, we probably don't want to pass the ball to running backs that much this game because our receivers are going to be open a lot this game or something like that? Uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, I think that, I guess, it depends on the game. It depends on the play. It depends on what the quarterback sees. Um me being biased, I feel like they should throw us the ball every play. Every time we line up, hey, we're open. You know, that's what we joke about in our room all the time or even on the practice field. Like, hey, hey, you know, Carson, Taylor, you know, don't forget about us. We open. You know what I mean? If, if, it's, not, if it's not wide open down there, you got us on the check down. Um, but it just depends, you know, on the play and the situation. Um, but, you know, being selfish, everybody, never, like I said, in the running back room, we aren't selfish individually. But we're selfish as a group, you know. So we think that we should always, we think that we should always get the ball every play, you know. So, um, but yeah, like you said, it, it just depends on the situation and the game plan and the scheme. Um, a lot of the time, um, it's checkdowns, you know. So we might not be the main read, but if something's not open, you know, there's a mismatch because I don't think any, any, you know, legitimate running back shouldn't be able to be covered. And I might be biased because I'm a running back, but any running back shouldn't be covered by a linebacker. I mean, that's yeah. a mismatch every day, every down. So um, we just try to throw them out some reminders. Like, hey, you know, if, if Terry's not wide open, you got me, you got me out in the flats, you know. Yeah. Don't forget about me. That's funny. The um, the quarterback situation, I don't, I don't want to get into the quarterback situation necessarily, but as a running oh, back. Oh, I do. How much, how much does it matter for you as a running back who's playing quarterback? We had Carson. We had Taylor. We even saw how the last game um, yeah. that you were in there. How much does that make a difference in terms of, like, you know, your effectiveness in the game and your approach to the game? Um, as an approach, it doesn't change my approach. You know, every week, and I think I can speak for everybody in the running back room, we approach it every the same way every week, you know, whenever my number is called. I'm going to make the best out of whatever play I get. Um, as far as how the game goes, um, that's that's more of what the defenses can tell you because, you know, you just never know how the defense is going to play a quarterback depending on who it is, you know. So with with Taylor, it was different because he's a little bit more mobile than, than Carson is as far as, you know, agility and moving out of the pocket and running and scrambling. And so even in the run game, in the RPO game, I don't know, you know, 
I would guess the teams are more threatened by him being able to pull it and run it, you know. But that's something that you don't know until the game. You don't know how the defense is going to respect it. But that's a way that it could be different, you know, in the run game, you know. Just, you know, Sam. They, people never really saw Sam play until the last game, but he's somebody that can pull the ball and run and take off, and he can make plays with his feet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how defenses play him next year because, you know, that's another threat, you know. So it, it the the biggest thing is seeing how the defense is going to play somebody who they view as a run threat or who they don't view as a run threat. And you never know who who's going to view who, who what way, you know, because everybody has a different coordinator. Everybody has a different relationship with a player. You know, maybe somebody saw Carson play or played against Carson as a D coordinator and, and feels like he's a threat to run the ball, you know. So you never know what the defensive coordinator is going to tell his defense leading up into that week. But uh, a mobile quarterback versus an immobile quarterback is definitely a big difference because they definitely have to run game out more. You know, somebody like Lamar is somebody who is – you know, he's going to have to run game out a lot because he's a threat to run the ball, you know. So um, I think that's really the biggest thing. The um, You guys played Dallas the, the last game of the season. You guys won. Um, it, you know, Dallas is uh, always very full of themselves, uh, and so so are their fans. Uh, for you guys, when you win a game against, a, a, you know, a division rival, uh, does that like, does that, uh, do you guys take a little bit more satisfaction in that? Or is it, you know, kind of just another day at the office type thing uh, for you guys? Uh, it's definitely not just another day. I think it's a little different than the fan base. Um, it's not as emotional or, you know, right. but it's definitely a bigger game because it's a divisional game, you know, and everybody's mindset is to make it to the playoffs. And the way that you make it there is to win your division and, the, and to beat your divisional uh, opponent. So, it's definitely a game that, you know, you, you have a little extra during that week because you know how important the game is. Uh, but I don't think it's as emotional for us as it is for the fans in that way. But it's definitely just as, you know, we, we definitely care about it because that's, in the, the, that's a division game, you know, and, and that's what ultimately, mean, ultimately matters um, to get to that next level, to get to that playoff um, spot. So um, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a different week than the other weeks. I got you. I, w- I want to ask you about the quarterbacks. I, I'll, I'll let Eric do that. But, uh, I, you know, this is maybe a little unrelated to you, but uh, what type of person is uh, Coach Matsko? I don't know if he's ever done an interview while he's been in Washington, so I don't even know if he has a voice or not. It, what, what kind yeah. of coach is he? No, he's a tough, tough coach, and I think anybody on the lock- in the locker room would say the same. Uh, he's somebody that I love a lot. You know, he's somebody that is definitely going to hold you accountable. He's going to push you. Oh, he knows football. He's been around for a long time. Uh, he's respected. Uh, personally, I love him. I love his mentality. I love his personality. But he's definitely a tough guy. He's a tough guy for sure. And awesome. he's going he's gonna to push the, his guys to be the best that they can be. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, we've been tap dancing around it long enough. What, what do you think of Sam as a quarterback? Uh, Ellie hates him. Uh, Brian loves him to the point where where it's a little scary, and uh, you know I'm I'm trying to be, I'm trying to keep it medium. I might be lying about that. Um, if Sam Howell is the starter going into the next season, what do you think the team's confidence level is going to be is going to be in that with that? I think it's going to be huge. I mean, Sam is is definitely a guy, and you know it's hard for me to say how good he can be because he only got to play one game, and practice is still not the game. You know, so you see how well he does in practice and. It still doesn't mean, you know, 
it, the game is different. This game is a different game. Um, but he's a guy that has all the tools. And the number one tool that he has is his person, who he is. It's, he's Sam Howell. And he believes that. And he has that confidence. He walks around in the locker room with that confidence and that swagger. And guys believe in him. And guys like him. You know, and that's part of how – how Taylor was, you know, guys like Taylor because of who he was and his personality and, you know, the way that he connected with people. And, and Sam has that same connection. Sam has that same type of swag to where he walks in and dude's like, man, I like Sam, you know, he like, he, you know, he'll baller and he has no fear, you know, even in, in the huddle, he's not out there nervous or like, Oh, you know, I hope I don't, he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to go make it happen. You know? And when he has that confidence, that confidence, you know, rolls out to the rest of the team. And so, I think he's a guy that can do it. You know, I think that he believes in himself and that's the, that's the beginning of it. You know, when you believe in yourself, guys see that, that you believe in yourself. And so then they believe in you and then they believe in the, you know, the team and they believe in what you're going to do. So now I think he definitely can do it. I think he has all the tools athletically. He has a, a strong arm. He can run, he can move. He can, he's good with his, on his feet and make plays and he can get out of bad situations. And then most importantly, mentally, between the ears and his mind, you know, he, he believes that he's the best and he's a smart guy, you know. So uh, I think Sam is going to be a great player. It's great to hear that. Love it. Hey, Love it. we got, uh, we got, I got two questions and we'll get you out of here. I want you to rank these four running backs for me. Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Adrian Peterson. Man. Man, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, I played with AP in Detroit. Yep. So that makes it a little tougher to to, to, to rank. And he's from Dallas. So and, and, yeah, he's he's from he's from Texas. He's or from Texas, little, yeah. yeah. Um Danian's from Texas too. So yeah. uh that's gonna that's that's a tough one. And I, and this is just my my ranking, so I hope it don't, you know, I hope I don't offend anybody. But for me, I have to put Barry one. Yes. Yeah. I have to put Barry one. Like I said, my own personal, <laughs> you know, what I like as a running back, I would put Ladanian two. Okay. I would put AP three. And then uh, who was the fourth? Uh, yeah. I to, I'm sorry, Emmett. <laughs> I got to put Emmett four, even though he's. All-time leading rusher. I would have to put him at four. That's where he belongs. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Should have put him at six. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there was only four uh, choices. Yeah, I know it's a big offseason for you. Are you coming back with us, man, next year? Are you going to be on the squad with the commanders, or what's happening? I would love to, man. I love Washington. I really do. I love the fan base. I love the city. My wife loved it. She enjoyed it. She loved the whole atmosphere of the team. I think Coach Rivera did a great job in making the team feel like a family. Truly, you know, and not only just the players, but the wives and the families, you know, everybody. And people might not realize how big that is, but that's a huge thing, though, you know, and because it's not just about the football field. It's about what happens after you leave the football field and how you feel so that you can go into the next day ready to, you know, play. So whenever the wives and the kids feel like that's home, it helps the athlete as well. So I think Coach Rivera did a great job in making that place feel like a, a family. And so. I love it there, man. I, I hope that I'm able to return. I'm, I'm excited for, for next year. Uh, like I said, I think Sam is going to be a great quarterback. Or, you know, I don't know. I'm not the, the GM and the head coach, so I don't know what's going to happen. But I know if, if Sam gets that role, he's going to be more than ready. Um, and I'm excited. 
Man, we appreciate it. Oh, we can't forget to shout out uh, Jr. Carroll and Amy Carroll my as God. well. My God. Yes. Yep. Thank you. Shout out to both of them. And uh, Jay Will, thanks for kicking it with us, man. We look forward to watching you. Hopefully it's in the commander's uniform. But if not, you know, wherever you go, we'll keep an eye on your career, man. Good luck. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the support throughout the, the last couple of years. And uh, I, I'm glad that I was able to, to mingle with y'all and talk with y'all on here. And I wish y'all nothing but the, but the best as well. Come back anytime. Yeah, thank you. You're always man. welcome. We could use a fourth. Let's do it. Let's do it. I might just be a regular. Let's let's, let's, let's make, make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> See you, man. Yeah.